0: Welcome to The New Chemist. We're glad you're listening. Feel free to download this podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other platforms. Here on The New Chemist, we discuss chemistry, which simply put is the science of change, as well as careers, community, research, and COVID-19. We're happy you're tuning in. Welcome to LectureCast, where we discuss general chemistry topics. This is a podcast lecture series on general chemistry. Today, we will be talking about chemical equilibria. My name is Mr. Ferguson. I am a young faculty, and I am also a part an associate member of the Royal Society of Biology and associate member of the Royal Society of Chemistry. Hello and good evening everyone. What a moment where everyone is on their feet holding a flag and supporting their concept. Team Equilibria on one side of the field and Connects on the other side of the field. Now let's get ready to rock and roll. These two experimenting concepts exemplify in the spirit of chemistry that skill displayed in different ways perhaps but by world-class chemists again. There is history to be made or added, concepts to be learned and skills to be gained. Just before we begin, just before we dive into the concepts, I want to remind everyone you are not alone. This is an academic community. Remember to get help when needed. Reach out to university services if needed. Never give up. Keep trying. We are here to help you be intelligent, ethical, and responsible scientists. But at the end of the day, you must be responsible, ethical, and hardworking. So let's talk about Le Chatelier's principle. When a system at equilibrium is disturbed by a change in the amount of a reactant or product, a change in volume or a change in temperature, the system shifts in the direction that minimizes the disturbance. For a quick overview, we'll discuss the equilibrium constant. Remember the word extent, we'll talk about dynamic equilibrium, remember a treadmill. The equilibrium constant expression, remember the law of mass action. The equilibrium constant, states of matter and the equilibrium constant. Calculating K, the reactant quotient, K and pressure, find equilibrium concentrations, and the Chatea's Principle. These are just a few of the topics we will cover. In some of these topics we will cover today. The rest we may cover in later episodes. So the equilibrium constant. The, equi- the relative concentrations of the reactants and the products at equilibrium are expressed by the equilibrium constant K. Let me say that again. The relative concentrations of the reactants and the products At equilibrium are expressed by the equilibrium constant K. One more time. The relative concentrations of the reactants and the products at equilibrium are expressed by the equilibrium constant K. The equilibrium constant. The equilibrium constant measures extent. How far? How far a reaction proceeds towards products? How far a reaction proceeds towards a specific point. So a large K much greater than 1 indicates a high concentration of products at equilibrium. A large K much greater than 1 indicates a high concentration of products at equilibrium. The equilibrium constant measures extent. How far? How far a reaction proceeds towards products? A small K less than 1 indicates a low concentration of products at equilibrium. Dynamic equilibrium. Most chemical reactions are reversible. They can proceed either with the forward or the reverse reaction. Depending on the type of reaction you're referring to, um, certain steps may be more or heavily weighted. When a chemical reaction is in dynamic equilibrium, the rate of the forward reaction equals the rate of the reverse reaction, so the net concentrations of the reactants and products do not change. When a chemical reaction is in dynamic equilibrium, the rate of the forward reaction equals the rate of the reverse reaction, so the net concentrations of the reactants and products do not change. One more time, when a chemical reaction is in dynamic equilibrium, the rate of the forward reaction equals the rate of the reverse reaction, so the net concentrations of the reactants and products do not change. So dynamic equilibrium. However, this does not imply that the concentrations of the reactants and the products are equal. uh, The reaction being at equilibrium does not imply that their concentrations of the respective reactants and products in that reaction are equal. Now let's talk about the equilibrium constant expression. The equilibrium constant expression is given by the law of mass action and is equal to the concentrations of the products raised to their stoichiometric coefficients divided by the concentrations of the reactants raised to their stoichiometric coefficients so when you look at the reaction you see that there are numbers in front of those chemical symbols those are typically those are typically referred to as the stoichiometric coefficients so when you write an equilibrium constant expression you put the concentration of the reactant in brackets in square brackets and the exponent for that square bracket term is the stoichiometric coefficient and its products over reactants. So also the equilibrium constant can be expressed in terms of concentrations or in terms of partial pressures. Remember the relationship between pressure and concentration within the context of moles. The two constants are related. Concentration must always be expressed in units of molarity for Kc. Partial pressures must always be expressed in units of atmospheres for Kp. The equilibrium states of matter and the equilibrium constant. The equilibrium constant expression contains only partial pressures or concentrations of reactants and products that exist as gases or solutes dissolved in solution. Pure liquids and solids are not included in the expression for the equilibrium constant. One more time, the equilibrium constant expression contains only partial pressures or concentrations of reactants and products that exist as gases or solutes dissolved in solution. Pure liquids and solids are not included in the expression for the equilibrium constant. So, Calculating K We can calculate the equilibrium constant from equilibrium concentrations or partial pressures by substituting measured values into the expression for the equilibrium constant, as obtained from the law of mass action. So what does this mean? You can calculate K, given the concentrations or partial pressures, when we have those measured values. As we progress in this discussion, we'll also, in later episodes we'll introduce the idea of using ice tables in which you look at the initial change and in equilibrium concentrations. You look at what you start off with, the change which can be denoted by some x some variable term and then you net or the net expression will be the initial minus the change and you use those terms at the bottom the e section of the table use those terms you form an expression using the law of mass action and from that expression you equate it to the known equilibrium constant and you solve x and you're able to obtain the different concentrations of the reagents at different points in the reaction in order for you to progress and solve the problem. So calculating K, in most cases we can calculate the equilibrium concentrations of the reactants and products and therefore the value of the equilibrium constant from the initial concentrations of the reactants and products and the equilibrium concentration of just one reactant or product. So one more time, in most cases we can calculate the equilibrium concentrations of the reactants and products and therefore the value of the equilibrium constant from the initial concentrations of the reactants and products and the equilibrium concentration of just one reactant or product. Now, Depending on where the type of substance or reaction you are referring to, that may be easier said or easier done. So you really have to know the reaction, understand the reaction that you're referring to. For example, strong acids and strong bases, um, it's very easy or relatively easy when compared to weak acids and weak bases. So if say you have the the equation is uh, A plus B turns to C plus D with the stoichiometric coefficient of A is literally the stoichiometric coefficient of B. is a little b the stoichiometric coefficient of c is a little c the stoichiometric coefficient of d is little d that will be if you're looking at the video that will be posted eventually it will be capital c in bracket raised to lower c capital d in bracket raised to little d over capital a in bracket raised to little a and capital b in bracket raised to little b and this is derived from the concept or the expression in which you denote terms that state or show that the forward rate is equal to the reverse rate. So the reaction qu- quotient, the reaction quotient Q is the ratio of the concentration or partial pressures of the products raised to their stoichiometric coefficients to the concentration of the reactants raised to the stoichiometric coefficients. And the key thing to remember, the difference between Q and K is Q is at any point in the reaction, K is at equilibrium. So it's important to know, reaction coefficient, reaction quotient is at any point in the reaction. The equilibrium constant is at uh, at K. The reaction quotient is the ratio of the concentration or partial pressures of the products raised to the stoichiometric coefficients to the concentrations of the reactants raised to the stoichiometric coefficients at any point in the reaction. The reaction quotient, like K, Q can be expressed in terms of concentrations or partial pressures. At equilibrium, Q is equal to K. Therefore, the direction in which a reaction proceeds can be determined by comparing Q to K. One more time. At equilibrium, Q is equal to K. Therefore, the, direct- the direction in which a reaction proceeds can be determined by comparing Q to K. If Q is less than K, the reaction moves in the direction of the products. If Q is greater than K, the reaction moves in the reverse direction. If Q is less than K, the reaction moves in the direction of the products. If Q is greater than K, the reaction moves in the reverse direction. So finding equilibrium concentrations, there are two general types of problems in which K is given and one or more equilibrium concentrations can be found. For the first type, you have the equilibrium constant given and all but one equilibrium concentrations are given. We solve this type by rearranging the law of mass action and substituting the given values. For the second type, k and only initial concentrations are given. We solve the second type by creating an ice table and using a variable X to represent the change in concentration. And depending on our equilibrium constant, whether it is smaller than 10 to the minus 5, we can use the X's small approximation. When you do the X's small approximation, whatever you subtract X from the ratio of those things when multiplied by 100 should be less than 5%, if that's not the case, the approximation won't be as sound. Um, there are two general types of problems, again, in which k is given and one or more equilibrium concentrations can be found. First type k and all but one equilibrium concentrations are given. We solve this type by rearranging the law of mass action and substituting the given values. Second type, K and only initial concentrations are given. We solve the second type by creating an ice table and using a variable X to represent the change in concentration. Equilibrium is so important. When a system at equilibrium is disturbed by a change in the amount of, reactant, of a reactant or product, a change in volume or change in temperature, the system shifts in the direction that minimizes the disturbance. So ladies and gentlemen, it was an exciting match at the end of the scoreless first half and three huge goals in the second, including the Châteliers winner at the Wire, the Classical Goals Equilibrious Way on enemy ground and all the reactions continue until we meet again for the classical Acidica and Basissio. Hope you're doing well, hope all is well. Continue to read, continue to study, continue to prepare. This is just a preview of more to come. In terms of equilibria, acids and bases, dynamic equilibria, and other concepts associated with thermodynamics. Welcome to the New Chemists. We're glad you're listening. Feel free to download this podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Here on The New Chemist, we discuss chemistry, which simply put is the science of change, as well as careers, community research, and COVID-19. We're happy you're tuning in. My guest today is Kuna Fartingo. Thanks for joining me today. It is good to hear from you. Just briefly, I'll inform my audience about you. Kuna Fartingo is a second year medical student raised in Lawrenceville, Georgia. She attended Georgia Tech and majored in biochemistry and minored in biology in Spanish. There, she began to work firsthand with both the Georgia Tech and Atlanta community and from here, her passion for community involvement and engagement was reignited. Prior to entering medical school, she took a gap year and mainly worked as an ER medical scribe and tutor. In fall 2019, she matriculated to the Medical College of Georgia at Augusta University. Some of her executive boards uh, for the Student National Medical Association. Hey Kuna, thanks for joining me today. It's good to have you here.
1: Thank so, you for having me.
0: Yeah, no problem, no problem. So um, what have been your long-standing interests in the field of science?
1: Hmm, I guess I would probably say starting in high school, uh, I had a really, really amazing biology teacher who opened my world to like the variety that goes on in science in general. She had us doing... Um, projects. I remember bringing in my first presentation on PKU in ninth grade, not realizing now how much we have to talk about it in medical school. But it was the first time I saw such a variety to what science can be. Like you can go down the medicine path, and we're doing dissecting on animals. You can go down with plants, and so it was kind of my first look into that. And then getting further and further along through high school and taking all these different science classes, I was like, oh, this is this is a cool field. And then finally into college, I was in biochem and they just shipped a lot of different science classes at you, but it really shows the variety that can go on into um, kind of how science is.
0: Okay, so the thing that really, uh, it sounds like you have a diverse interest in the sciences, because you know, you can, you can focus on several different things. And do you, would you say that medicine is providing you that opportunity to uh, engage in a diverse array of studies?
1: Yes and no in a lot of ways. Like I will never probably again be doing analytical chemistry and seeing um, lasers and working with TCMSs to like the degree I was before. Mm -hmm. However, it's important to actually know how a lot of that stuff works because whether or not it's a clinical trial or understanding how a drug was made, or just um, in general, having a good sense of this, these things do manifest itself in medicine. Mm. So maybe not the direct aspects of what I used to do before, but I'm still utilizing it now. And it's, it's helpful to have that background. Oh, yeah. And so that's one nice thing. And then even like I saw the opportunity to do research. So I can still, if I wanna get that wet lab experience in medical school, no one said I can only work with patients and never see the medical side, uh, never see the science side of things. I do get that opportunity as well to do that if I want to.
0: Okay, that's good. So just for the lay people in the audience, what would you, how would you, if you had to give a short description, what is PKU? Before we continue, what would you say is PKU?
1: <laughs> I asked me medical school stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It's It's like an issue, basically, um, how you process certain immunomasses with tyrosine and phenylalanine. Mm-hmm. And so basically, the patient, this is something that you can determine early in life. It's a uh autosomal recessive um disease and so when you do any of the genetic testing at the beginning of when a baby is born they usually get like a what's that thing called we don't i don't remember it was like a baby like when they take some blood from your foot and things like foot that Thank you. That's the word. Ignore. I'll get better with my science terms in a little bit. It's okay. It's okay. It's early. It's um, early. (laughs) um, You can see from there. And then they end up having to just have a, they can have a very normal uh, quality of life. It's just you don't have to modify their, their, diet with the certain types of foods, especially meats, because a lot of meats have certain um, amino acids in it, and you just don't want that to be a situation, so you'll just have to modify their diet to mm-hmm. uh, work with that. But when okay. I was in high school, it was just like, it was this and this and this, and then by the time I come to medical school, this is the um, biochemical understanding of what's going on, this is how it's metabolized, but now from a medical standpoint, this is how you treat certain things. Instead of just knowing the signs behind, it's mm-hmm. knowing, okay, this is the patient who has as this how would you take how you have a care plan for that patient so they can have the best quality of life so i feel like that's the transition that's kind of gone from what i knew in high school to what i'm supposed to really know now so yeah, I can, you can time to remember things
0: so it sounds like it's teeth in the area correct yes okay so um the thing I would say is I've had some experiences in that in graduate school, you come to graduate school, like yeah. I thought I had this understanding of organic chemistry and like chemistry fundamentals in the back of my mind. Now, yeah, when I come to graduate school, it's like, no the fundamentals are much bigger than what you expected. Yeah. Yeah. So they're much broader. You need to broaden your base because you have a lot of stuff that you have to build off of. Yeah.
1: Oh, all the time. And it's just like, they keep adding and adding. I'm like, please <laughs> please. <keep adding.
2: laughs> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. So how do you maintain view of the
0: bigger picture in your career and in your life in general? Amid obstacles and challenges? Like in this pandemic, how are you keeping, how are you seeing the forest through the trees?
1: So, I mean, I won't lie to you. When this pandemic initially started, I didn't really feel like the brunt of like, I can't leave my house. I can't see people because we were still in the middle of medical school. So like, everyone else is like, I don't know what to do on the weekends. I don't know how I'm not gonna see my face. I literally was like, I have all these things going on. The school was doing a huge, you know, transitioning us to online, figuring out how to do anatomy online. So it was like, a lot of my time was spent troubleshooting how to go on to online, you know, and checking in on my family. Everyone, thank goodness, was really safe. Both my parents work in some aspect of the healthcare field. They are seeing patients. And so um, it was like, are y'all good? Are you staying good? My dad was like, "We wear masks in this house. We we wash our hands." And so I, they were good, and so I just really was focused on school. And so it didn't really hit me at the beginning how, um, I mean, how isolating this um, virus has been for people. Until I finally had my summer break, and then I was like, "I'm free from my first year of medical school," and I can't go anywhere. I literally cannot go anywhere. And so, you know, our school was able to create a really great um, pandemic medicine elective that we did online. And so I got to see my classmates and hear them talk, but it's just never the same as when you're in person. Um, so it was difficult once I finally was out of this bubble of med school, med school, med school work and like had to kind of focus on that. And it creates, and I'm very lucky, I'd say, because I have roommates. I know I have situations where people don't have roommates so they are literally in a house by themselves 24 seven. And um, it can make that hard, but I think the hardest thing for me was the fact that the days just kept bleeding. Um, You never—I sometimes I could get up in the morning. I'm like, I this 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 is—I don't know, this is Tuesday, this is Thursday, and so you can lose a sense of time, and then losing a sense of a schedule. I was so used to going to school from 8 a.m. to this. I'm doing this, this to this to this, and we're so built. Humans do like that um, sense of a schedule, having a sense of you know, you having the next thing to do. And so it was like, I don't know what to do on this random Tuesday after my pandemic elective course ends because it's 11, 10 o'clock and I have a whole day and we were figuring out research and things. So it was losing a sense of a schedule first and trying to find one and build back one up. like the gyms were closed like figure out I still need to exercise every day because I'm really now sitting at home I'm not moving anywhere and so it's it was a lot more instead of I'd say academic figuring it out a lot of it was during my summertime it was my own personal health obstacles to making sure I can still maintain a sense of great mental health because I'm constantly in the house all day physical health because you're constantly in the house all day social health making um, use of zoom or a house party became a really awesome app to use in the summertime so I could talk to my friends who usually in the summertime I would go and see, like I had trips planned to go and see them. So it was really, I would say that was more of my obstacles. And then coming back into the fall when we started classes again, it was a little different because our school had found a way, not um, found a way, but they, we have certain things that had to be in person. So that kind of gave me my time to see some of my classmates and have Aww. a sense of the schedule again. Yeah, I know. Really to see my classmates again. It's yeah, like, I
0: know. I mean, it's just like, so it, it, it's a good
2: experience when you can just be with people. You know, Yes. I mean, yeah. it,
1: that, it's such, we, we're social creatures. And so I'm i am a really social person. I, yeah, I really like people. Yeah. And so I'm sitting here, I'm like, what am I thinking about? I'm just sitting here thinking of my thoughts. So being able to finally come back to class and then still see people and then have a schedule again really kind of helped to take that blurb of the two, three months of the summertime where I'm, honestly, I can't even tell you about it because I don't even know what
0: happened. Yeah, I know (laughs) what you mean. I know what you mean. Because people, when you you get to interact with people, especially people who you enjoy hanging out with, I, I think it invigorates you it revitalizes you, and then it also add some weight to what you like. You may be going through a rough time, or you may be going through a good time, but it helps yeah. to like sober you up, help you realize either your situation yes. is not as bad as it seems, yeah. or like you're not as good as you think you are. So <laughs> that yeah, they, they, mm-hmm. help to, they help to sober you up definitely. Yeah. Um So how have you been adaptive and creative in the field of science? You what what has been your your creative niche? What what did you say? Is it your learning style, your way you approach content? Um... Mm,
1: so I'm one of those trial and error type of people That's oh, how yeah? I feel like I've lived my life since college because my tried and true ways of high school did not work at college. And it's always a, I kind of learn what I do. And I was never a big group studier at Tech. I don't really feel like I know a lot of other majors, especially engineering you group studied you did group projects I think we had a couple group projects in biochem so I was never like gung-ho group study I had a good friend we would study through a really difficult class and it, it was it was worth it but coming to medical school having to lose this um it's not, I shouldn't even use the word lose because that's not what you're doing. You're gaining a new experience. I sh- would say it's like I'm losing control on how I'm teaching myself by um, having someone else teach me. That's not what's going on. You're working together, two minds with who have different, you know, points of views or perceptions to how the inform- information is being presented. And sharing and working together is how I consider group studying. I had to get over the idea of like, oh, like it, it can only just be me. But... Um, integrating group studying into how I learn the material because the way people think about things the way they say things the way they come up with phrases to remember things have really helped me in terms of how I take in information and how I can present that information and learn it and retain it that's I think the hardest thing with medical school is they'll give you so much information and you'll you know you may get it by the quiz time but you know six months later if they ask you that same question you're like I don't know but I still have like phrases and things that I remember from my friends speaking to me about, and that's helped me to really conquer taking in lots of lots of information. In terms of like, I guess that's my way of saying I've adapted. Um, You know, I haven't, I don't know if I've really put my direct foot into the creations of science just yet, we'll hopefully, you know, do something along the way, but I feel like in terms of how I've learned how to study and how I've learned to really embrace working in groups and taking information and um, getting it together in like a group setting has been something that's worked a lot for me. Um, So yeah.
0: That's good. So are you involved in research?
1: Uh, Yes, yes I am. So this is research round two. I was trying to do a little bit different this time. I had my first experience in college and it was different, but now I'm doing um, research. It's basic science research, um, looking at corneal wound healing. Um, it was very different from what I initially was thinking, but I wanted to try something out of my fields of interest. I came in very much interested in women's health and still am very interested. So I knew no matter what, I could always do that. But I wanted to delve into something else because medical school has just so many different specialties, just just different... Um, things to do that I feel like I was um, doing myself a disservice without trying something different so I do it um, with corneal wound healing and looking at how the innate um, immune system responds to corneal wound healing and um, how it better uh, better make let me find the better words it um, improves or worsens corneal wound healing um, whenever some type of trauma occurs.
0: Okay wow that sounds deep. So that's like ophthalmology, right? Ophthalmology yeah, op- op- ophthalmology.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So, um, how do you maintain a balanced life given all your responsibilities and accomplishments? <laughs> how have you been trying to maintain a balance?
1: Well, wow. fun fact you're asking me this now, a lot of my responsibilities have actually been removed off my plate. So the way our kind of our medical school works is usually during your the second half of your first year until the first half of your second year, that's usually when you do a lot of your leadership roles, whether it's like, for instance, I was a clinic coordinator or doing like um, SNMA, and then they transition it to the next group because by that point in your second year, this part in your second year, you typically start studying for the step exam. So you don't have that same amount of time. And then from there, you're going into your third year and on. So right now I have a lot more time, but before I really tried to utilize my Fridays, like they were my last Friday in my life. I, whether it was hanging out with friends or just taking a moment to breathe. And I just tried to find ways to um, have fun in between the weeks, usually Monday through Thursday, it was business only, like unless it was something impromptu or just a really cool meeting going on that I wanted to see. I would typically just try and spend a lot of time. Um, so focus on studying and then Fridays and occasionally on the weekends doing other fun things, usually with a lot of eating. Augusta, um, I thought it was a lot of chain restaurants, but I'm learning more and more. They have a lot of, they're bringing a lot of new stuff in. And so, yeah. um, Like we did roller skate nights, we would go bowling. So I would just try and make sure like if I did my work like nine to five, Monday through Thursday to make it to that Friday quiz or whatever I was doing, I give myself that time to take a break or I go on walks after my quiz with my friends. We would just talk, talk about how the quiz went, how the week's going, our goals or like, what's the next step that we're doing just to like remind us of outside of medicine, what, you know, who, who we are as a person
0: yeah yeah, that's good because yeah. you know you, sometimes I think it's good to it's good to identify with your achievements but I don't think you should find your identity with your achievements oh, if, you, yeah. don't, if oh. you don't achieve and- then you have like you could have a crisis or something like that mm-hmm. yeah so I think that's, that's something I try to keep in mind you know you're more than just what you will get on a paper or get. you're more than just your grades you know yeah.
1: oh yeah that's something I had to learn very early on because oh I made some interesting grades in oh that. yeah
0: definitely. <laughs> George Decker, definitely I
1: promise I'm not gonna kill anybody I really will it's just like some, the transition is so different like I don't want you to assume like how I started the beginning a medical school to who I am now or how I use studying it's just it's a transition and I'm gonna do everything I can to be the best position that I can be so don't you know <laughs> yeah I'm
0: sure. come on I'm sure you're going to be a good <laughs> Just being modest, just being modest, we know you could take care of your patients well. Oh
1: so, yes, yeah, 100%. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. so uh, how? what would you say has contributed to your success to this point? You went to Georgia Tech, which is a very good school, mm-hmm. and you are, you are now at Augusta University for Medical School, mm-hmm. so what would you say has contributed to your success? You have always, obviously progressed from point A to point B to point C.
1: Hmm. I think a lot of it, it, I really 100% believe I've had like the best support system, I think, anywhere. Um, I'm very, 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 very blessed with um, the parents that I have. I don't always give them enough credit, but if they ever decide to listen to this podcast, it really is to them. Like I, I would not be where I am without them in a lot of ways. Like I 100% believe that like my mom, especially, has always she's always been the person that says the sky is not the limit it's only you she's been she said that from as long as i can remember like only i set myself back and so i've always had that and then the friends i made in college like they always were like my dr kuna like you're gonna be the one to take care of my babies like to have those constant positive thoughts even when for myself i question my own abilities a lot imposter syndrome is crazy it will really set you back hey, constantly have those other those other positive voices around you constantly reminding you like no you can do this you are you this is what you meant to do like don't question those things it can it can eventually drown out your own imposter syndrome and kind of help push you forward and then continue to have that support group in medical school there are moments I need to vent and I will vent and we will get back to work that's just you know we'll give our 10-15 minute maybe 20 minute vent we're like this is hard <laughs> this sucks but we need to get to work there's yeah. you know, there's it there's a bigger picture like we there's I think in our class there's about 30 or so black physicians in the class of 190 okay. so like we this is this is this is what we have to keep pushing for we all need to make it to the next step yeah. so it's like we need to support each other we can't no no one is being left behind we have Mm -hmm. to all go. there's not there's not a lot of us yeah we gotta cross over together we
0: gotta cross
1: it's very much i feel like how um has really that has been its support it's you know you can constantly read 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 do all these things but if you constantly question yourself it's going to push you back so you really need to have those people there when you feel like falling back will help push you forward i 100 believe it's is a support group i have
0: yeah, and
1: it, it started from home so
0: yeah I completely agree same thing with me um in that um my support system, like my parents, my brother, like and two things I one thing about me and my family. They're very to the point and very upfront. They'll like mm-hmm. they'll call you out if you're doing something that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, and even even my sister sometimes, my younger sister will call me out if she thinks I'm doing something that doesn't. Make oh, sense that's sense.
1: my that's my second my middle sister too. She sort she'll let yeah. you know and she'll say it straight and look at you and wait for a response. And I'm just like, <laughs> you're right, you're one hundred percent correct. Yeah, no, yeah I man. just I couldn't do without them. Um, like I said, my college friends. I we were called the crew. Like I was the only science major. Um, they were all engineers. I had one friend who was doing accounting. So like, it was, just, it, it was just, I wasn't always surrounded by a bubble of pre-meds who were always like, I have this, this, this on my MCAT and this, where you'd be like, oh my God. I literally had loving supporting friends who were like, you're gonna be our doctor. You're gonna be this person for us. And like to be surrounded by that type of love and encouragement all the time. Uh, I couldn't I, I, I don't medicals I don't I couldn't I still call them they'll call me all the time. they're like how's my doctor doing? how's this this and that like I still talk to them all the time and they're just great and they know when I have a quiz week they're like we're not gonna bother you. we know you're trying to save lives and that's you know you can't you can't find friends like that.
0: Yeah I know too, man. I know exactly. when you find when you find friends that you hold on to
1: them. Oh yeah yeah, yeah.
0: so how have you maintained vision and teamwork in your environment?
1: I truly believe it's through the extracurriculars that before COVID, I had the opportunity to do. Oh okay, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so, you know, med school is a lot of, well, the first the way the curriculums are all changing, well, will say the first like 18 to 24 months, schools are changing left and right with how they're making preclinical years, but your preclinical years is a lot of reading. So doing things like being a women's clinic coordinator and working with actual real-life patients who have real-world problems in trying to help and and to the best of my m1 slash m2 capacity has been ways that can kind of remind me because you can really get bogged down by how much volumes of work or what you feel like you have to be doing next but when you're truly working with someone who needs your help in this moment and you can put your focus to that and then either a you can fix the problem send them somewhere else to have like refer them somewhere else where they can have some of these problems fixed or just improve their life in any way it really reminds you of why you're here because it just it can get so easy to forget and getting to sit down and hear what's going on and not have the pressure of being a whole like attending where you have to see this certain amount of people in a certain hour you're just a medical student so you get to take that time to ask all the questions you can ask them you know what in your childhood has been you know do you feel like it's causing the problems you're having now like if you, whether it's maybe it's diet or mental health you can dig to those points and really get to know what's going on with somebody and when you can help them in any shape or capacity, it really can remind you of like, wow, this is why I just I just helped somebody. Yeah. And so I think that yeah. helps to kind of push your vision forward, wow. even in the same aspects of like through SNMA, we do a lot of community work with the Augusta community. And so whether it's having health clinics or um, tutoring sessions or just monthly um Enrichment Sessions, like, Augusta has a lot of um, of its own problems in terms of um, how people are that's what's the best way to say this, but there's a lot of health issues that affect the Augusta community. There's a very large African-American population and hypertension, diabetes, um, teen pregnancy rate, all those factors that we think might only be a big city issue, it's down here too. And so we can't obviously fix all these systemic problems at once, but taking little bits by bits, whether it's going to school and educating kids on different aspects of life, different career options that can you know push them to want to do the next step in their school like those are all those little things can help move forward the health of a community, the community a health of a society so yeah. i think just involving myself in extracurriculars to the community that's focused for the community has been really helpful for me
0: that's good so um why did you choose biochemistry as a field to major in your undergrad years and why did you choose medicine as a field to do your doctoral studies in
1: Biochem, I chose that because it's first of all sounded kind of cool. You never really know what you want to go into in college. You kind of feel like this seems <laughs> kinda like yeah, um, kind of like what I
0: want to do. Yeah, you kind of just test the waters.
1: Yeah, and it was like it's bio and chem. Obviously, that's not what the case is, as we learned. But it, I knew it was going to be a field that would open up opportunities to go in probably to any of the things I was interested in, whether it was going to be pharmacy or research, medicine, nursing, any of that. and. Um, it gave me a better appreciation for the human body, honestly, um, taking biochemistry classes and understand because you—that that's literally the fundamental, so much of my first couple months of medical school was biochem, like, it, it didn't, it's, that's the major, if you need to figure out what you need to do, that's the major to to take with you to medical school, I will 100% say. And then um, in terms of medicine, again, biochem did open all these opportunities to go and to look into all these different fields. But I think at the end of the day, what mattered the most to me was directly talking, um, working with people, you know, research has its limitations. I mean, they're trying to do a lot more translational research, but I truly like to physically see and work, um, see the effects of what I'm doing not saying you don't do that in research you obviously still do but like physically talking to patients prescribing the medications that amazing scientists have helped create me being able to give it to them prescribe it to them so they can um, improve the quality of life i feel like that fit more of where i needed to be and so i felt like medicine was more of where i wanted to go down and just knowing that i could have an impact on communities that need it most right now and i felt like medicine would give me the best of both worlds where I can still appreciate and utilize science but be able to work with patients and honestly help fix humanity in some aspect I mean obviously not that it's a very large bubble but just in my own little way help where I can
0: yeah that's good the organizational aspect of medicine is definitely something that I think appeals to a lot of people and yeah it's important to be able to lend a hand so as we conclude do you have any advice to those wanting to pursue the field you are currently studying in
1: um i 100 say if you can i know everyone's situation is very different i know i said it best like i have a really great support system i know i'm not in a situation where everyone has that but i would say it's reaching out and finding a mentor um and that mentor does not have to be in medicine um i know people say this all the time you need to find a mentor. it does not need to be in medicine you need to i feel like One of my mentors was, um, my chemistry advisor. Like she, when I tell you that woman looks out for me in a way that I I can't even repay her sometimes, like she... Whenever I came in with the most random of questions, she will answer them, she will point me in the right direction. And she was an advocate for me and my goals and my dreams. And even if it wasn't to become, going to get a PhD program, she was still gonna do whatever it took to make sure I could reach what I wanted to because she could see the dedication I had. And so your mentor doesn't have to be in the field that you're interested in, it should be someone who wants to help guide you. They may not be an expert in the field you wanna go into, but there's people who are experts in that field and may not be any more help to you than that. So someone who's willing to take that time to help or use their time to figure out how to help or send you to the right people. I mean, that you can't, it doesn't get any better than that. Um, Mm -hmm. In any kind of space or capacity, you can can find that. And just to constantly, I mean, try and surround yourself by people who wanna put you up because, I I didn't, I was not in that pre-med bubble, but from what I've heard, it's it's stressful because people are constantly comparing themselves or throwing this out and you, you can constantly feel bad. I, I wasn't in that type of bubble. I was in a bubble of just loving, great people who, all they could say was, I might not be in this field, but I know you can do it and I, I trust you can do it. And so it's, I just feel like, the, the type of messages that you surround yourself by can really make an impact into the things that you choose to do. Mm-hmm. And so, try to surround yourself by positive people.
0: Yeah, I agree. You, know,
1: you can take all the tests in the world, but if you don't feel like you're good enough or you don't feel like you can get it done, like sometimes having someone else remind you of how far you've come, or I know you know, I hear what you're saying, and I know you can do this. I think it it really speaks volumes to getting things done.
0: Yeah yeah definitely you know people who could add context to challenges that you're having or you know put perspective in the situation so what has been some of the most beneficial advice you have received
1: oh so this is i think the best advice i think i at least for when i was going through my interview season whenever i had gotten an interview i i had to change my initial thought like oh that was a fluke I had to change that because I remember reading something where someone said, if someone is giving you an interview somewhere, it means you have met their cutoff. You you are good enough today if they want to accept you to go to that school. What you need to do is to go in there and remind them and secure a seat to go into that school because you obviously meet the academic, the all the qualifications that they require of you. So don't walk in there thinking this was an accident. Walk in there saying, hi, I'm reintroducing myself to why you believe that you think I'm good enough to come here because you've offered me an interview so you think I am. Um, I think a lot of that really helped especially because you'd go on these interviews again I was never in a pre-med office so and I'm meeting all the pre-meds who are now on their way to medical school and it's still the same I did this and this 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 and you're just sitting here like I literally just breathe I just breathe it today and I just continued on my way like I didn't I just <laughs> no I mean it really could like I remember I was one point This it was and it, I'm happy for all these people but sometimes you know you you get this nervousness where you feel you have to say everything to make yourself feel really really good and this, which is fine but everyone is nervous and so you might sit there and be like, wow, that girl went and did this huge fellowship or whatnot. I literally just got off my describing job and I'm tired. Like it, it can get really tiring. So I always had to come in. Sometimes I would come in like right before the interview would start just because I needed to have a clear space. Like you deserve a spot here. They obviously think you do because they offered you an interview. You just need to go in here. Kill it. Explain to them why you think you would be a great, why you feel like you would fit best here. Like you're, you can fit and you can fit in places, but you want to fit in the best place. So they feel like you can academically fit in here, but you need to make sure you can, your whole person would fit best here. So walk in there and. Figure that out for yourself. This is a this is a two-way interview. It's not just them interviewing you. You need to figure out for yourself this is where you want to go. Mm-hmm. So don't get inundated by all the noise around you sometimes. Just walk in and remind yourself, I am good enough to come here They offer me this interview. Let me figure out if this is where I want to go.
2: Yeah,
0: I agree. I agree. Yeah, You can't mind the noise. a like, good expression, llamas don't mind the noise in the market. Check the price of the fish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so you, you, you got, if you know if you put your mind to do something you know you got you have to be determined you know you have to be strong like, There are people who can help you as you progress to your goals so and I, can, I can,
1: mm-hmm. but I, just, I will I, say real quick with that it's I've been lucky with that I know everyone like I've met classmates who have had the roughest of times background wise and they've made it here and I think those are some of the strongest stories like I've had I haven't had great sports, since I've seen people come much less who make it here and i just to them that's that's a huge accomplishment because
0: not everyone does get to have that yeah it speaks definitely speaks volumes
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah but Kuna Man, thanks for joining <laughs> me today it was <laughs> good to have you on welcome to lecture cast where we discuss general chemistry topics this is a podcast lecture series on general chemistry Today, we will be talking about Chemical Equilibria. My name is Mr. Ferguson, I am a junk faculty and I am also a part an associate member of the Royal Society of Biology and associate member of the Royal Society of Chemistry. Hello and good evening everyone. What a moment where everyone is on their feet holding a flag and supporting their concept. Team Equilibria on one side of the field and connects on the other side of the field. Now, let's get ready to rock and roll. These two experimenting concepts exemplify in the spirit of chemistry that skill displayed in different ways, perhaps, but by world-class chemists again. There is history to be made or added, concepts to be learned, and skills to be gained. Just before we begin, just before we dive into the concepts, I want to remind everyone you are not alone. This is an academic community. Remember to get help when needed. Reach out to university services if needed. Never give up. Keep trying. We are here to help you be intelligent, ethical, and responsible scientists. But at the end of the day, you must be responsible, ethical, and hardworking. So let's talk about Le Chatelier's principle. When a system at equilibrium is disturbed by a change in the amount of a reactant or product, a change in volume, or a change in temperature, the system shifts in the direction that minimizes the disturbance. For a quick overview we'll discuss the equilibrium constant. remember the word extent. We'll talk about dynamic equilibria remember a treadmill. The equilibrium constant expression remember the law of mass action, the equilibrium constant, states of matter and the equilibrium constant. calculating k, the reacting quotient, k and pressure. Equilibrium concentrations and the Chateau's principle. These are just a few of the topics we will cover in some of these topics we will cover today, the rest we may cover in later episodes. So, the equilibrium constant the, equi- the relative concentrations of the reactants and the products at equilibrium are expressed by the equilibrium constant K. Let me say that again the relative concentrations of the reactants and the products at equilibrium are expressed by the equilibrium constant k. One more time. The relative concentrations of the reactants and the products at equilibrium are expressed by the equilibrium constant K. The equilibrium constant the equilibrium constant measures extent. How far how far a reaction proceeds towards products, how far a reaction proceeds towards a specific point so a large K much greater than 1 indicates a high concentration of products at equilibrium. A large K much greater than 1 indicates a high concentration of products at equilibrium. The equilibrium constant measures extent. How far? How far a reaction proceeds towards products? A small K less than 1 indicates a low concentration of products at equilibrium. dynamic equilibrium, most chemical reactions are reversible. They can proceed either with the forward or the reverse reaction. Depending on the type of reaction you are referring to, um, certain steps may be more or heavily weighted. When a chemical reaction is in dynamic equilibrium, the rate of the forward reaction equals the rate of the reverse reaction, so the net concentrations of the reactants and products do not change. When a chemical reaction is in dynamic equilibrium, The rate of the forward reaction equals the rate of the reverse reaction, so the net concentrations of the reactants and products do not change. One more time. When a chemical reaction is in dynamic equilibrium, the rate of the forward reaction equals the rate of the reverse reaction. So the net concentrations of the reactants and products do not change, so dynamic equilibrium. However, this does not imply that the concentrations of the reactants and the products are equal. uh, The reaction being at equilibrium does not imply that their concentrations of the respective reactants and products in that reaction are equal. Now let's talk about the equilibrium constant expression. The equilibrium constant expression is given by the law of mass action and is equal to the concentrations of the products raised to their stoichiometric coefficients divided by the concentrations of the reactants raised to their stoichiometric coefficients so when you look at the reaction you see that there are numbers in front of those chemical symbols those are typically those are typically referred to as the stoichiometric coefficients so when you write an equilibrium constant expression you put the concentration of the reactant in brackets in square brackets and the exponent for that square bracket term is the stoichiometric coefficient and its products over reactants. So also, the equilibrium constant can be expressed in terms of concentrations or in terms of partial pressures. Remember the relationship between pressure and concentration within the context of moles. The two constants are related. Concentration must always be expressed in units of molarity for Kc. Partial pressures must always be expressed in units of atmospheres for Kp. The equilibrium states of matter and the equilibrium constant. The equilibrium constant expression contains only partial pressures or concentrations of reactants and products that exist as gases or solutes dissolved in solution. Pure liquids and solids are not included in the expression for the equilibrium constant. One more time, the equilibrium constant expression contains only partial pressures or concentrations of reactants and products that exist as gases or solutes dissolved in solution. Pure liquids and solids are not included in the expression for the equilibrium constant. Calculating K We can calculate the equilibrium constant from equilibrium concentrations or partial pressures by substituting measured values into the expression for the equilibrium constant as obtained from the law of mass action. So what does this mean? You can calculate k given the concentrations or partial pressures when we have those measured values. As we progress in this discussion we will also in later episodes, we will introduce the idea of using ice tables in which you look at the initial change and in equilibrium concentrations, you look at what you start off with the change which can be denoted by some x, some variable term, and then you net, or the net expression will be the initial minus the change, and you use those terms at the bottom, the e section of the table, use those terms, you form an expression using the law of mass action, and from that expression, you equate it to the known equilibrium constant, and you solve x, and you're able to obtain the different concentrations of the reagents at different points in the reaction in order for you to progress and solve the problem. So calculating K, in most cases we can calculate the equilibrium concentrations of the reactants and products and therefore the value of the equilibrium constant from the initial concentrations of the reactants and products and the equilibrium concentration of just one reactant or product. So one more time, in most cases, we can calculate the equilibrium concentrations of the reactants and products and therefore the value of the equilibrium constant from the initial concentrations of the reactants and products and the equilibrium concentration of just one reactant or product. Now depending on whether the type of substance or reaction you're referring to, that may be easier said or easier done. So you really have to know the reaction, understand the reaction that you're referring to For example, strong acids and strong bases um, It's very easy or relatively easy when compared to weak acids and weak bases So, if say you have the the equation is uh, A plus B turns to C plus D With the stoichiometric coefficient of A is literally a The stoichiometric coefficient of B Is little b the psychometric coefficient of c? Is little c the psychometric coefficient of d? Is little d that will be? If you're looking at the video that will be posted eventually, it will be capital C in brackets raised to lower c, capital D in brackets raised to little d over capital A in brackets raised to little a, and capital B in brackets raised to little b. And this is derived from the concept or the expression in which you denote terms that state or show that the forward rate is equal to the reverse rate. So the reaction qu- quotient. The reaction quotient Q is the ratio of the concentration or partial pressures of the products raised to their stoichiometric coefficients to the concentration of the reactants raised to the stoichiometric coefficients. And the key thing to remember, the difference between Q and K is Q is at any point in the reaction. K is at equilibrium. <clears throat> so, it's important to know. The reaction coefficient, the reaction quotient is at any point in the reaction. The equilibrium constant is at K. Uh, at K. The reaction quotient is the ratio of the concentration or partial pressures of the products raised to the stoichiometric coefficients to the concentrations of the reactants raised to the stoichiometric coefficients at any point in the reaction. The reaction quotient, like K, Q can be expressed in terms of concentrations or partial pressures. At equilibrium, Q is equal to K. Therefore, the direction in which a reaction proceeds can be determined by comparing Q to K. One more time. At equilibrium, Q is equal to K. Therefore, the the direction in which a reaction proceeds can be determined by comparing Q to K. If Q is less than K, the reaction moves in the direction of the products. If Q is greater than K, the reaction moves in the reverse direction. If Q is less than K, the reaction moves in the direction of the product. If Q is greater than K, the reaction moves in the reverse direction. So finding equilibrium concentrations. There are two general types of problems in which K is given and one or more equilibrium concentrations can be found. For the first type, you have the equilibrium constant given and all but one equilibrium concentrations are given. We solve this type by rearranging the law of mass action and substituting the given values. For the second type, k and only initial concentrations are given, we solve the second type by creating an ice table and using a variable x to represent the change in concentration, and depending on our equilibrium constant, whether it is smaller than 10 to the minus 5, we can use the x's small approximation, when you do the x's small approximation, whatever you subtract x from. The ratio of those things when multiplied by 100 should be less than 5%. If that's not the case, the approximation won't be as sound. Um, there are two general types of problems, again, in which k is given and one or more equilibrium concentrations can be found. First type k in all but one equilibrium concentrations are given. We solve this type by rearranging the law of mass action and substituting the given values second type k and only initial concentrations are given, we solve the second type by creating an ice table and using a variable x to represent the change in concentration. Equilibrium is so important. When a system at equilibrium is disturbed by a change in the amount or reactant of a reactant or product, a change in volume or change in temperature, the system shifts in the direction that minimizes the disturbance. So ladies and gentlemen, it was an exciting match at the end of the Scoreless first half and three huge goals in the second, including the Chatelier's winner at the wire, the classical goals equilibrious way on enemy ground, and all the reactions continue until we meet again for the Classical Ascitica and Basissio. Hope you're doing well, hope all is well. Continue to read, continue to study, continue to prepare. This is just a preview of more to come in terms of equilibria, acids and bases, dynamic equilibria and other concepts associated with thermodynamics.
2: Cycle, you see. in you boy can miss me Aspecting a toxic carbon you see Opa Gaga I To make our soon a seat in your seat you are cycle Urea cycle I hope back sometimes I won't. The feedback regulation font I finesse about your mood Might go through with ATP. I go hard like gamma P I make sure I balance free energy and skill. Good things. There are a lot of good things to rock and rock and rock and you see. And rock and you see. Good things. There's a lot of good things to rock and rock and rock and you see. And rock and you see. A. Hey. 8 to 8. We move and I change. Only partly. I release a few more rate I'm sorry. I didn't mean, Yeah. Put it on me. Yeah, you know. Lots of juice and the final party. I just know me. Turn the issue into the urea. With all the that we know me. Imagine honestly goes back to see. Urea cycle. Urea cycle. I can't release it on my own. End up functioning closely. I've been rapping by Kim Mode. I might go through with ATP, I go hard like Diamond P, I make sure I release free, energy and still good things, there are a lot of good things, rock and rock and rock and see, and rock and you a lot of good things are rapping, rapping, rap in the scene, and rap in the scene. Yeah, yeah. I've been very, very, very hungry, you see. Thankfully, I got the A oxidation, you see. Pull out all the coales cool for me. You know that alpha, beta, and you see. I go from acid to the transgenoid to your oxidation step, you see. Hope I got the ACD and FAD. They will tell a story that was different from me. Pale Oxidation. Pale oxidation. I hold back, sometimes I don't. Fatty Acid Storage, front I finesse the back in Might go down with FAD. I go hard like N-A-G-H. I I make sure I balance free energy and still. Good things. There are a lot of good things. I'm rocking, 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 i rocking, you see. Good things. There are a lot of good things. that like, rapping, 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 A Hey, hey. hydroxy acid is the only part it goes to the beta keto acyl I'm sorry. Oxidation step. Only all the jewels are crashing this bug party. Yeah, you know me. Turn the energy plus into the energy. Age. Yeah, with these cycles, yeah, you know me. my magnet is back to a Short, Shorten, 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 shorten. shorten. Calm with HKIC. G6P is formed using ATP. They pull up the PGI to ISOMO is You know how I like it with the F6P. I want to force your sure label, Mr. Nick. With the FPP, I'm newer than you see. Although this release is the app I'm God, this turn I'm going to keep I call it six. I call it six. I hope i some time The God, they call, it, they call your body. I can never because any day. Plus. I go hard with Thelm1-3 with the one 2, 3 bp and stir it There's a lot of things that I'm um, phosphor, phosphor, Phosphory, and Phosphory, and Phosphory There's a lot of things that uh, phosphor and phosphor and phosphor and phosphor and phosphor and 3PG is formed, not partly. Only 3PG uses PG and I'm sorry. We've I call this is the same no I me. Imagine, you know, make you on TV's, oh, I call can hold on my own. I'm in the ATP zone. I'm rapping this bugger mode. Beyond of using pyru from P, 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 I'm done with this pathway, you see. And still, phosphorylate. There's a lot of things that I'm phosphorylate to, and phosphorylate to, you see. For There's a lot of things that I'm phosphorylating, phosphorylating the same. PO 40 minus structure can be Every mile a path to most common is super. The other rock is gone, behind uh, the